Beige polo, pink salmon shorts, and Birkenstocks. Fucking love the pink salmon shorts. Not the Birkenstocks. I know. I can, I can smell the private school on you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's actually good. I like that. Uh, that is a good burn. Welcome to the Well Played DLC Podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I'm Zach Jackson, joined by Kieran Verbruge. Hello. Adam Ryan. Hello. And Nathan Hennessy. Hello, I'm back. How are we all going this week? Bloody great lockdown. How have you been playing? <laughs> <laughs> so just, just for context for people who are listening, um, we just spent basically 20 minutes of uh, time talking uh, about things that we've played. Not that there was really much that we have played um, and discussing some other things. Uh, and my recording uh, shit the bed. Shit the bed more than Adam after drinking that bottle of hot oblivion sauce. Oof, you better believe it. Best nice. pain I've ever been in. You should, um, no, you shouldn't do that. Let's, uh, let's carry on. So, <laughs> Adam, what have, what have you been playing? T- please tell me. I'm very intrigued. It was so good the first time, I want to hear it a second time. <laughs> Mate, strap in. Let me tell you again. It'll be even better this time around. Uh, nothing. No, I've not been playing much in the, the video game front. I purchased a few board games online recently that came last week. So I've been playing through those, uh, both Unmatched Cobble and Fog and Mask of the Red Death, which is based on the Edgar Allan Poe story, Shout both of which are really Poe, cool. Man. Yeah, listener of the of the podcast from Beyond the Grave. What an absolute chief. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it for me this week. But wait, there is more. You have a is new it? family member to be. Yes, I'm expecting. Congratulations <laughs> all around. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, I, I booted the switch. Fuck that little handhold bitch. Uh, and <laughs> I'm welcoming in a, a Series S next week. Uh, that's, yeah, I ordered it in lieu of the Switch. It's a necessary thing that's happened. And, uh, yeah, very nice keen one. to get it. Karen, what do you got for... Wait, what's, I want to know, Adam, what's the first thing you're going to play on your Xbox yeah. Series S? I was, I was setting you up. Well, uh, well I think I'm going to play see if... The, actually, no, wait. I'll play The Ascent because that'll be releasing around the same time I get it. So I'll play The Ascent, but... I'll also be playing Sea of Thieves. Okay. I don't know how you boys feel about Sea of Thieves. I have no idea. Uh, but yeah, I'll be playing both of those. Quick sneak Phil in there. Yeah, get Phil on there. Yeah, yeah where's Phil? I need Phil on my ship. I need to ship it with Phil. That's no, it, I'm, I'm keen to check out Sea of Thieves at some point. But um, mate, thanks for that brand cool. new information, Adam. No worries, mate. No worries. Yeah, definitely hit up uh, Phil because uh, where did he say again he was, he was playing Sea of Thieves? I was I was listening to I believe it was the kind of funny podcast he was talking about his time with Sea of Thieves so I'll uh, I'll have to flick him a message. Shout out to definitely do and uh, tell him to give me some royalties for that podcast. Well, he's always listening. He's a he he's a lover of the well played DLC podcast. That's it, mate. Number one every Friday. He he uh, did tell me that. Um, <laughs> Nathan, what have you been playing? 
All right, so uh, by the time this podcast goes live, I'll have up a review of Mini, Mini Motorways, Motorways which, which is... Which? Please. Is... Where's the developer from? Pop quiz? The place next to the Down Under? Antarctica? <laughs> sure. <laughs> They're from New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand developer called Dinosaur Polo Club. Oh! Do, is it the dinosaur playing polo or wearing a polo? I'll let you think about that. Wearing a polo. I think that's more appealing. Stupid I don't dinosaur. Know. I'd like to see a T-Rex yeah, play polo. <laughs> What's polo. that? Oh, the little arms. If it's a T-Rex, oh, the tiny little arms. Yeah. Shout out. Wearing what, a polo what, designed for Zach like Jackson. A, hey, I wore a polo back in the day. Wore it well. Actually, I wear one every day. Shoutouts. Anyway, uh, carry Cash on. polo, Man. pink salmon shorts, and Birkenstocks. Fucking love the pink salmon shorts. Not the Birkenstocks. I know. I can, I can smell the private school on you, mate. <laughs> 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 oh, wow. That's actually good. I like that. Uh, that is a good burn. But tell us about Dinosaur Motorways, whatever it was called again. Mm. Shoutouts to New Zealand. Yeah, <laughs> shoutouts to New Zealand. Um, super relaxing little title. Totally didn't realise that it was from the same team that did Mini Metro, which admittedly I've never played and always meant to do so. Um, I would definitely suggest giving this one a look on mobile. My review will be on PC, but this is definitely a kind of game that you want to get tactile with. Uh, play with your fingers, super relaxing experience. Definitely one of the most Zen games I've played in a year where I really needed a Zen game. All right, Check pop it out. Quiz. It's a mobile game. Steam Deck is coming. Can you... Do, do would you recommend this game while taking a dump? Not on a Steam Deck. And what? Those thoughts weren't connected at all. <laughs> no, you obviously got right? the Steam Deck in your hand. Don't you? But it's on mobile. Why would but you just yeah, play exactly. it on mobile okay, and take a okay, shit? But... I'm not taking a portable radiator into the toilet with me. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> there was a time that I would. A, t- a time in Tasmania, right? Fuck. Yeah, but I mean, well. have you really been... Like, you're not properly Tasmanian unless you've actually had that displeasure of sitting on, like, an ice-cold toilet seat in the middle of winter. Yep. If I can flinch a little bit when you hit it. Adam's the kind of guy, I reckon, would have, like, one of those toilet um, warmers, like the little fluffy seat warmer things. Oh, that your grandma has? No, yeah, gross. Fuck Earth, mine's leopard print, mate. <laughs> It's gorgeous. What kind of little mi- like microorganisms you got growing in there? Yeah, it's like Ooh, shitting in a carpet. Ooh, a whole family of them. Check yeah, it for fleas. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, so I would never shit in the carpet, mate. Yeah, you can't vacuum up mate, shit. For that. Two takes and still off the rails. This is fucking yeah, unbelievable. Okay. I like how we um, had like, <laughs> yeah, we we practiced this and we're still looking uh, it up. <laughs> Karen, what have you, uh, tell us, what have you been playing, Karen? that you can I talk have about? been... Uh, other than playing things for coverage, I have dabbled in about an hour of Stardew Valley, um, nice. which was recommended to me by numerous people on Steam when I asked uh, what game would be good to play when I'm, uh, you know, feeling a bit anxious, a bit overwhelmed and need to chill out. Um, and that definitely did the trick in the, um, you know, hour or so that I played at the, at the beginning. So keen to nice. just progress in that over time. Just on that, we did. I know I mentioned it in Twitter, in Twitter, on Twitter about uh, that maybe away the survival series, the Sugar Glider Predator David Attenborough game. 
Um, did you know that that game was coming to PS5? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, also, I think the intro for this podcast should just be a clip of you saying Predator David Attenborough again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that game is coming to PS5. So if you want to change your key, because I assume that you would have chosen PS4, yeah? Yeah. It, there's a form you need to fill out. Thanks for letting me know. Uh, I thought I was going to message you the other day, but... Uh, Why message me? Just let's have the conversation on the podcast <laughs> it, instead. That's Why it. are we doing admin all of a sudden? What's happening here? Well, By the way, you left a used condom in my... Were either of those conversations... I don't know. Uh, uh. Shout outs. Um, nice one. So I've been playing uh, more Uncharted 4 up to the end of the game. Village where the pirates used to be. That's the best part of the game. Uh, I've also been playing <laughs> Watch Dogs Legion. <laughs> Watch Dogs Legion Bloodline DLC. It's actually really, really good. I do quite like it. Yes, what Nathan, you... I'll let you know if it's Is better it... than the base game <laughs> next week. Precognition. Uh, I do love how... How did you uh, predict it? I'd ask. A good... Um, I do love a good story, character-driven game, but I also do like how they went with the uh, all-you-can-play... What? All-you-can-play? All-you-can-play. Fuck, I can't remember what it Play is Play as now. you eat. Play as you make... Whatever. Hey, you make your own play. Make your own team. Whatever. Um, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> and. Wait. Was what? this the take that we recorded? Um, yeah, but I uh, like that stuff. Anyway, let's move on. The to, best thing um, about the take we already got was Zach wasn't in half of it. Brutal. <laughs> 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 uh, all right. So let's move on to a game that we can all talk about. We've all played a game called Where the Snow Settles, which is from Tasmanian developer Myriad Games Studio. Uh, Kieran, Nathan, and I have played it. Adam, you've watched me play it like the voyeur you are. And let's talk about it. So it is a short narrative experience um, that is essentially a walking simulator. There is very little gameplay uh, in this, you do simple interactions. Uh, actually, no, sorry. First, you play as a young girl called Aurelia, uh, whose village, which is like in the frozen mountains somewhere, um, they are struggling to survive because crops can't grow, so they've got no food to eat. Uh, so her older sister, named Esther, is a hunter, so she is uh, going out on a mission to sort of find help, find food uh, at, with, at their uh neighboring village um and then her and aurelia sort of uh, go on this little trip together and then they get separated uh, aurelia ends up going into this uh, magical world where spirits are that actually shows her real world collapsing um and it's also shown to her the reasons why her world is falling apart uh the game story is more is pretty much about loss and um aurelia sort of overcoming some some personal battles um <clears throat> excuse me uh it goes for about an hour and a little bit uh it is very very compacted um i think they perhaps try and bite off a little more than they can chew in that short time frame i think some of the story uh elements don't quite come off as strong as they might have been if the game was a bit longer um don't quite feel as invested into some of the characters because you don't get to really spend much time with them. Um, so aside from basic interactions with 
items in the world like rocks and stuff where you where you draw um, magical power that you will then use later on uh, the bulk of gameplay is spent talking and reading dialogue with a handful of characters the most unique element of of the game as a, there is no voice acting but there is a lot of dialogue so for every um, change in or every new uh, piece of dialogue there's a either like a guitar chord or a, or a piano chord um and there might even be another one as well i can't think exactly but um yeah so and these uh, chords sort of give off the vibe uh, and tone of what's being displayed on screen i don't think they all hit the mark i think um there's only maybe a certain number of recordings that they've got and they kind of do recycle through them a little bit so not it doesn't sort of um the tone's not sort of conveyed every time but it's like an it's a neat thing but um the main thing with it i I think is that if you're playing the game you don't notice it as much but if you're watching it 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 does become quite annoying like it's it's actually neat at first but it does even after even though the game only goes for about an hour uh, i think this element while cool on paper doesn't quite have the execution towards the end of it um, I was playing with Anna on the weekend and because I was in control of the dialogue, I kind of knew when this tone or this chord was going to be, be strum or be, or be played, but she didn't know. So she was just sort of watching and it was, yeah, it sort of quickly became annoying for her. And I can definitely see how uh, that could be the case because there's not, yeah, there's not a lot of variety to the soundscape. Um, the soundtrack's is when it when they do use the soundtrack, it's actually quite good, um, but it's I don't think it's used enough. I think it's actually under underutilized um, throughout the game or throughout the the um, the story. But uh, but yeah, I had fun. Uh, it's on Xbox, Steam, and itch.io. Uh, Kieran, what did you think? Um, I uh, I quite liked it. Like you know how much I love a nice short video game experience um and this one is definitely very short i think it took me maybe like 50 minutes to to play through it um but uh i quite like you know it's how brisk it is and how it doesn't really try to sort of go too deep on its themes um it knows that it's kind of like this you know sit down play through kind of experience it's not trying to overreach too much um but uh, like you said, there are definitely a couple of ideas that don't quite land as much. A couple of sequences that feel a bit shorter than they should be just because of the runtime. Um, and by the end of it, you sort of, you know, you don't spend enough time with some of the, the key characters to really get the, the impact that the ending tries to convey. Um, but overall, like I thought it was, you know, quite chill, kind of almost just playing like a, you know, like a short film to a feature film kind of thing, but in video game form. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. The, um, this is actually their first game, I should add. So this is Mirrored Games Studios' first proper game, not, so not mobile game, I believe. Correct. Um, Nathan, uh, you interviewed them before you joined Well Played. What did you think of it? Yeah, back in 2018, whilst I was still a student, I interviewed them under the name of Well Played prior to you folks switching to Well Played, which... I always thought it was a delightful little coincidence um, just sharing that, that little Tassie origin. But, That's I mean, it, the, 
<laughs> team's lovely, of course. Um, I like that it doesn't try and exceed what it is that they've set out and explained in, in, in interviews and on their website that what it is trying to be is very clearly a short narrative experience, as you've, as you've mentioned. Um, it, the, the things they've highlighted about it being you know, a low-demand game with, that can be relaxing, etc., it hits all those marks uh, by virtue of the fact that the shorter runtime is is there. But um, I don't know. Like a few times, I was almost expecting that I was on the precipice of a puzzle. I guess there is one puzzle that might pop up, one or two, but it's not really a mainstay. This is a game that you just sort of observe. Um, yeah, I it, it's I, I, it it raises an internal debate for me because I always. I always flinch a little bit when I call it a game, and they've absolutely put enough effort in for it to be considered a game. But I like, I like the reference that Kieran made, calling it like a, like a playable short. Like, yeah, it's de- it definitely feels like a more passive experience. Yeah, mm. like you're not, like you're not really doing anything. Yeah, in in that sense, you're just you're pushing the game forward as such. Mm. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like, there's a couple of a couple of sequences, like when you go to the spirit world thing for the first time, where it it feels like it's going to kick off into gameplay, like you know, like a, a mechanic of some kind, but it, mm-hmm. it it sort of doesn't, which was a little bit jarring at first. Um, mm. but yeah, you are. It is more just yeah, almost almost like a visual novel, but we you, you've got to walk. Yeah, and I think uh, Kieran, like you mentioned, you don't get to spend enough time with some of the characters. I think that was probably most noticeable with the um, even with the sister. You don't really spend enough time to sort of feel that bond. Correct. Yeah. Um, um, like it's sort of built upon in that in that first moments, um, and Aurelia clearly has like a lot of respect and love for her sister, mm. and then all this, you know, and then but then uh, she meets up with the spirits in the spirit world, and there's one. Uh, main spirit um but yeah like you never sort of spend enough time with that spirit to kind of make that bond either and then i think some of the writing with a couple of the other spirits is a bit i don't want to say childish is probably not the right word but it just feels it just feels a little out of place um yeah like makes them feel a bit yeah adam what do you think you didn't play it you you got to watch me in my element. Yeah, I got to watch your low battery notifications pop up every once in a while, which was nice. Uh, but yeah, I was uh, another step in the the passive column, uh, not actually playing it myself. Um, I definitely agree. I think the sound cues are really interesting. Like you said, there's probably not enough of them to convey every emotion that they've set out to, but there is a dis- at least a distinct noise or sound bite for for each character and you kind of get their at least their intentions from that um so the the main characters is quite light and innocent uh, and then her older sister is a little bit deeper and more authoritative so that's that i find is is really cool i like the idea um 100 though since i was watching it rather than playing it i went from that's really cool to that's really annoying in about five minutes. And I think, yeah, that might have something to do with not having that tactile pressing the button to, to make it happen. So I'm, I'm not really 
too phased by that and I don't think it's a, a detractor but yeah it's 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 hard with with walking sims uh, I always think back to kind of the, the the debate that went on from dear Esther when that came out being is it more like is it a, a piece of art or is it a game uh, that definitely I think probably files into the the first one a bit more because it's just walking that is narrated uh, but it is quite beautiful and that this kind of falls into the, a, a similar sort of trend but there are little moments of of interaction so I don't know I I enjoyed watching it the, it it took a little bit to to get me interested I think again because I was watching it and not playing it um, I felt cold as shit they really they convey the weather really really well uh, my house was cold at the time but I was feeling <laughs> colder still um, so I think that, you know, they, they nail the, the atmosphere of it. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, overall, I, I had a good time watching Zach's playthrough. Uh, what do we make of the colors? So the game uses like almost like a dull, bold, like pastely, um, blocky kind of, uh, visual style. Uh, and actually I think, I think it works pretty well. It's pretty, it's very simple. Um, but yeah, bit like everything else in the game it doesn't oversell itself you know it doesn't go for beautiful visuals with you know small uh weaker gameplay it um it's all yeah i think you can tell it's a uh not a, like a debut game but it's definitely like a it's a learning game you know for, for yeah the that's a good way to put it mm-hmm. um you know they're just trying a bunch of things and uh and this team this if my memory is correct, they this is, isn't their primary team. So a bunch of them have like day jobs. Uh, I think a couple of the other developers, they work for other developers as well. Um, mm. So this is sort of something that they do almost like a side project, but not kind of. Um, but yeah, the it is $16 is what it's priced at. So I want to ask you, I want to get your thoughts around that because i know that get length shouldn't really affect cost but i think it's i feel like indies it's it's harder to get away with a bigger with a higher price than perhaps in you know when it's a triple a game um to a degree uh, and i think here it raises a a good question. And just back on Nathan's point, it, it does say that it is a short narrative experience, but it never never defines short. Mm. Um, and yeah. the reason why I bring that up is because I was having this conversation with someone else about this game. And I told uh, I told him the price and told him the length. And he, and he was like, as like a first-time dev, you, it's probably a bit, a bit high. And they never advertised that it actually is one hour so and then he showed me another example of, of a game um i think it's detective frog or so or something mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. frog detective game that it, it actually set on like the very first thing on their steam page is that this game will take you around one hour to complete yep. so they've you know they've put that out there that this is going to be like a one hour experience um so yeah like what are your thoughts on 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 the on the price point for that i, I think it's maybe a touch High, which which feels a bit harsh because it's priced I think at ten bucks US I think, um, and and you go you know ten bucks between what six seven developers, you know it's barely a dollar each, um, but that you know that is what it is isn't it like, so what do you think? 
I'll go first then. Crickets. So I don't have a really a defined opinion on when it comes to how we value games and what they cost because it means different things to different people and that whole argument because I've I'm someone that's gone from you know six uh, uh, a $15 indie game is just something you can drop a few coins on it's nothing it's piecemeal it's easy to something that's like the difference between can I eat today like the the vast extremes and games are or gamers are right across that spectrum but I don't know. It it is a. It's. I would never see me personally. If, if you told me that this is what this game is, this is how long it takes, and this is the price for it, I wouldn't give it a second look. Me myself. That probably sounds a bit harsh, but at the same time, I would approach it from a different angle. I believe this game is um, funded by grants in a in a big way from. Uh, Screen Tasmania. Yeah, Screen Tasmania and stuff like that. Mm. that the fact that it's got that backing, that it wasn't driven by a purely profit-driven scope and outlook means that I want to support it as a local product of art. So I take a completely, like, I don't know what this looks like to the consumer and I'm scared to even comment on what it looks like, but as someone that's happy to, and wants to support that art scene, I will from that point of view. So that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> I really, really struggle with that, that discussion, particularly on a game like this. And how I define my thoughts on it. See, I think that I think that's that's good because when you like, you can say, oh, you know, you go to the movies and it's what twenty three bucks or twenty four bucks for a ninety minute film. Yeah. So it's you know it's thereabouts. But on the flip side, those films are generally like big, you know, big budget sort of sort of um, movies. And then you know, to play this, to purchase this game is roughly a month of Netflix. It's a month of Game Pass. It's mm-hmm. so. When you throw it on that side of the argument, you know you, you're getting all this other content for the same price. Um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm a bit in the middle. One part of me is like, you know, yeah, I want to support it. It's fine. It's only sixteen bucks. Mm-hmm. But then I think the critic side of me is like, it's probably a bit high. Personally. Yeah. When you put it on the market. I, hmm. Yeah, I think for for broad appeal, it it probably is reaching a little bit high. But I think, yeah, from a personal standpoint, I probably veer closer to to Nathan's thinking. Whereas, I I like to as much as I can, and as much as as money will allow, I like to support the local art scenes of um, of Tasmania. So whether that being going to a local gig or my partner's really into the the theater scene around Launceston and they all tend to be around that 10 to $20 mark. Um, and when it's something live and in person, you don't really think twice about it. Um, but when it's in a digital format, something that has taken the same, if not more hours to create, it's, it, it becomes a, a completely different discussion. Um, but as far as, yeah, supporting a local developer that's been, working hard at something for a really long time. And like you said, not even being able to devote all of their hours to their, their passion project. I, I don't have a huge issue with, with spending yeah 15, 16 bucks on it. Yeah. I, I do think they are two separate things though, your personal stance and that, because yeah, the other thing before Kieran, you go, I, I think, this price point also opens them up to a little bit more criticism mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and maybe not abuse. I don't know, well, I would hope not abuse, hope but not. 
but you, you see people on Steam refunding games all the time. You know, I, I feel like if they've not been transparent enough that it's this long, um, that I think that does open them up to a, a little bit of feedback um, from the consumer. Because like, I, I think the other thing is that if a game is really good, it's easier to get away with. So mm-hmm. if this game was like, a, if I was like, this is fucking amazing, this is a 10. Like, I think I paid, what, 30 bucks or something for Garden? Garden? Um, what remains of Edith Finch? You know, I, I'd pay that 30 bucks again, for example, because that game's a fucking banger. And this is half the price. Not quite half the length, but still very similar. But it wasn't, yeah, it was a pass, but just. So that makes it more, I think that makes the price point harder to swallow. But Karen, what do you think? Yeah, I was going to like, I was going to say something pretty much along those lines, like um, uh, what, what Adam and Nathan were saying about supporting it as a, you know, a piece of art or as a, a local project is um, definitely a good way to look at it. Uh, if you're struggling with that, that price point comparison, because the amount of times I've gone to, you know, packs and throwing like $30 on a shitty little pin in Artist Sally or bought like a $200 hoodie at a, at a, you know, a gig somewhere, um, is re- you, you just about like spat something just in. Nearly. I've never spent $200 on a hoodie at a gig. Um, I was going to say, that's <laughs> but you know, you, you get my, you get my meaning. Yeah. Um, yeah. like, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that we think about those things as frivolous, but then like, it, you know, it comes up in a, a digital format, like a game and it's, it's a different story. Um, but like from a consumer perspective, I'm with you on, um, you know, the comparisons to other games is probably what's most important because, you know, it might only be 50 minutes, but if it was the best 50 minutes of a game I've played in a long time, it, it wouldn't sting as much. Um, mm. But in this particular instance, it's, it's definitely not like it's it's good i don't know i like it but it's not you know 50 minutes in in plenty of other games would be a lot more a lot better of an experience so it's an interesting one um yeah. and game pricing is just broken you know yeah. it's it's held up by so many different standards from different people and it's you know got such historical kind of uh you know barriers that it needs to overcome and there's just so many moving parts and factors. It's just, I don't think anyone's ever going to get it right mm. until we move to a subscription basis in the far near future. Also, great cat tail, Nathan. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I think it, prices are probably a, like a very personal thing. Um, yeah. Like, I, I know they're probably, well, they're all set really by like, tradition and that's what well not tradition as such but you know mm. how it is kind of thing but um the, just the other argument on something like a t-shirt for example you know you go out and spend 30 bucks on a t-shirt i think that is a bit different because you can see it you, you go yep i want that t-shirt i'm gonna wear it 150 times before it fades kind of thing you haven't played this yet so i think that that's the, like that's the other um risk yeah it's that. value you can't that. measure its value like yeah. like you can with something tangible yeah. Very much though. You can do the same. You could 
t-shirts and I feel like some people's steam libraries are, are very similar. They buy a, a band tee and they're like, yeah, fuck, I had a, I had a great time tonight. I'll buy the band tee. They never wear it. It sits in their closet mm. in there where, and you can do the same thing with, with, you know, oh, that game's 90 cents on steam. Fuck yeah. I'll play that. And you're not going to be, be honest with yourself. Yeah. I, um, went and, uh, I went through a band with a mate in St. Kilda once and got fucking loaded on, uh, Scotch and Cokes and just, Bought a band, like bought like two band shirts, so like bought an album, and I, I think I wore it like once. Yeah, it was band. a great idea at the time, though, wasn't it? It was a <laughs> rad night, but um, yeah, the t-shirts actually kind of a bit bum. So yeah, shoutouts to the band. Um, yeah, there you go. So pricing. <sighs> All right, before we close off on that. Go around and give me your scores. If you had to score it, what would you score it? Yeah, I'm going to go last because I'm the official well-played stamp of numerical value here. I feel like I'll be exempt from this because I didn't physically play the no. game. So I feel like I've... Okay, Mate, you, can, no, you can watch a movie and score a movie. You can watch a game and play a game. What? Score a game. Well, so you would have got pretty much the exact same experience. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Come on, All right, f- fine. I'll go from not scoring it to kicking us off. Um, I feel like it firmly sits in that kind of 6 to 5.5 kind of zone. Um, again, I think depending on what mood I'm in and if I was actually sitting at home and playing it, I think it might be a little bit different. Um, but, yeah, that's, I think, where it would sit for me. Cool. Nathan, do you want to go? Yeah, it, it, will, um, it will sit as a 6 for me also. Uh, primarily, I, I, I'm glad that it was only as long as it was. As Kieran said, it was paced quite well. If it went for any longer, I don't know if I still would have had as much patience with it. So for an hour, good and bad, happy I played it. Won't be in a hurry to play it again. Glad it exists. That's really all I have to say on it. <laughs> Short and sweet. <laughs> Kieran? Uh just so that I'm not rehashing what everyone else has said, I'm gonna I'm gonna say six and a half. Oh. Um is, it, is that is that purely so you, you gave it a different number? Yep. <laughs> and I look like a yeah. like a much cooler guy. Easily easily pleased, I would say. <laughs> um You would know. That's it. <laughs> so I am I'm very torn. I'm very torn at this. I'm sitting between a five and a six. I really don't know where it's going to land yet. I, I've written, which one's which? We'll have to see. Um, yeah, I'm gonna finish off writing the review uh, tomorrow. The game, yeah, the game doesn't even have an embargo, so I think I could have put it up whenever. But I've just wanted to maybe I'll put it the review just around launch. Um, yeah, I'm. I don't know if the price point is enough to bring it down for me from a critical standpoint. And I think the only reason, not the only reason, but one of the reasons I'm okay with it being this price is because I'm somewhat invested in the studio and not to have like, say like that's got any influence on my score or or anything like that. But, um, you know, as someone who's, you know, supportive of the Australian industry, I, you know, $16 is fine. But critical 
hat on, like I said, I think that it, it's a it's a very it's a big question mark. It, it's a risk for a, a first time game. Uh, but we've said all that. Yeah. It's, on, on, Sorry, just to interrupt there. Uh, you said you're invested in it, but just just to be clear, you're just emotionally invested in it, right? Not financially, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, just was, as a just by for the and Zach Jackson. That's why. Uh, that's why it's sixteen bucks because he gets, he gets six out of every sixteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a majority stake. But I actually I did like it, um, and, I, and I like the ideas that it had, and I think the six. Um, the tagline we use for six, which is has a crack, I think sums up the game pretty well. Oh yeah, I think it. I think uh, for a first time game, it does. You know, it tries a lot. You know, not everything comes off, and that's fine. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll see where it lands. But I think I think it's leaning more towards a five and a half to a six. Um. But we'll see. Read the review to find out. All right, let's go. So this week, no, last week even, but this week it was published. Kieran for Bruges. Hello. Resident Evil. Lover of oh. Xbox. Uh, got to sit down with Microsoft owned Double Fine. Wow, you're really shilling me out. Lord Tim Schafer himself and Lisette Titer Ty- Montgomery. Did I say that right? Sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> uh, who's the art director at uh, Double Fine uh, he also got to, got to play around 6 hours of Psychonauts 2 uh, a game I'm pretty sure he has a tattoo for but he'll confirm that for me um, a bit later I'll have Karen, to get tell one. us all about it I'll have to get a tattoo before launch just so that you can finally say that with, with accuracy I know mate I told you you should have interviewed Tim Schafer while getting a tattoo no wait you said that I said that yeah Maybe I'll do just, that. Maybe I'll, maybe now that we're on speaking terms, <laughs> I'll um I'll hit him up and be like, mate, I'm getting a tattoo. Can you jump be with on, me? Jump on Skype with me. Do it. We'll talk shop. Skype. Um, no, not Skype. Teams <laughs> because it's Microsoft, so you have to use Microsoft. Uh, I had to download Teams. Um, but yes, Psychonauts Two. If you know me, you know that I've been waiting for this game. Uh, patiently slash impatiently for close to six years now since they announced it at the 2015 Game Awards. Um, I was it a world was it a world premiere? It was a world it was a world premiere. Um, because I I distinctly remember sitting on the cold uh stone floors of my house in WA watching the Game Awards and I I saw these familiar characters flash up on screen and then I saw the Psychonauts 2 logo and I lost my shit. I was like crying, yelling. My housemates thought something had happened. Uh, so ever since that day, and that was the day I dropped a good like four or 500 bucks on the crowdfunding campaign for it as well. Um, ever since that day, I've been uh, waiting for this chance to wrap my little hands around Psychonauts 2 and it finally happened uh, thanks to our friends at Xbox and Double Fine um, but yeah I got to play the first uh, I think it was like roughly three or four hours like of the game from the beginning um, and then a couple of later levels in the game that were maybe about an hour apiece um, and so I don't th- know if anyone here has played Psychonauts 
You have, Nathan? Yeah. Uh, first ooh, few chapters, maybe the first okay. three hours or so. Not right. far in. All right. Well, I won't go too no, much into... but I'm going to pledge right now to play it before Psychonauts 2 releases. Fuck yeah. All right. If you can do that, I'll take away one of your pledges. Oh, how good Ooh, is that? All right. Huge sticks. Yeah, because I really yeah. want you to do that. Do you have that? All right, that sick. Ah, well, I do now. He does. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's self-appointed. It, it is decided. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, yeah. So I won't, I won't go too much into like uh, what happens at the, you know, in that game, especially towards the end. But um, essentially, Psychonauts 2 picks up like literally right after the end of um, the first game and the PSVR game that they did, uh, Psychonauts and the Rhombus of Ruin. So essentially, the first game ends, uh, you know, next scene is the Rhombus of Ruin VR game, and then the next scene after that is Psychonauts 2. So it's like literally one after the other over a 15-year gap, which is interesting. Um, but uh, in like real time, not in, in, in the game story. Um, but uh, essentially, yeah, Raz, the, the main character who attends a psychic summer camp in the first game and kind of works his way up to being called a full-fledged psychonaut, which is like this, you know, intelligence agency of psychics that go around doing cool missions and protecting people and all that kind of stuff. Um, he, uh, he rocks up at HQ finally in the beginning of the game and gets told that he was only made a psychonaut for the purpose of that last mission and he's dropped back to being an intern. Um... So the game kind of starts with with him sort of going to going to classes at, at Psychonauts HQ, which is called the Mother Lobe, um, and and kind of learning all the the tools of the trade. Um, and very quickly things start to to unravel, and there's you know some shady stuff going on uh, going on at the Mother Lobe, um, and you sort of I guess start to investigate that. Um, but what I got to to play with the first couple hours is essentially just a bunch of tutorials. Uh, and a couple of the the brain levels, which Nathan obviously will, will be familiar with. That's kind of how the game structured. Is every level is uh, a new world that takes place inside one of the characters' minds. Um, so the I guess the mechanic of the game is that you're you're going into people's minds and figuring out what's what's making them tick, what their secrets are. Um, it's very much a game that that deals with its characters in terms of empathy. Um, so you know you spend a lot of time not just going into the brains of, of, you know, friends and allies, but enemies as well. Um, you know, you see their inner demons and you fight their inner demons and you sort of get a sense of, of where they're coming from. So that's always been like the, the series trademark. Um, and that's definitely in full force in the, in the sequel. Uh, one of my favorite levels uh, is called Compton's Cook-Off. And one of, the, one of the characters, Compton Bull, who was like one of the original Psychonauts, he struggles with uh, severe anxiety um and kind of like performance anxiety i think more than anything and the fear of being judged and so when you go into his mind it's this like deranged cooking show where all the judges are like sock puppet versions of the other psychonauts and all the ingredients are like the studio audience so it's like populated by you know pigs and eggs and carrots and stuff and you've got to like brutally like chop them up and boil them and serve these dishes to the judges and you know you're doing it on the pressure of this really really short timer and uh there's all these like enemies that kind of get in the way and all these obstacles and stuff so it's you know it kind of illustrates you know what he what he goes through when he has anxiety attacks and you know has this this fear of being judged so you know it, it kind of translates 
a lot of that you know those mental health issues into tangible gameplay that you can actually get a sense of what that feeling is um and that was kind of one of the things that i spoke to uh to tim and lisette about as well as how they kind of dealt with that because the first game uh interestingly enough even though it's very heavily steeped in ideas of empathy and mental health uh they you know 15 years ago it's not really something that they were thinking about it just happened naturally when they made this cool game about entering people's minds um it just kind of evolved out of that naturally but this time you know they were saying they've gone into it with the intent of trying to represent mental health conditions and trying to tell a story that tackles that that sort of subject matter so you know they've got all these all these cool new enemies in the games in the game uh you know you've got these enemies called like bad ideas that kind of run at you and blow up in your face um you've got judges which you know uh just kind of swing their their giant gavels around everywhere and sort of try to put you down uh you got panic attacks which are like these really really fast enemies that you kind of can't control and get up in your face and sort of you know move around really quickly and um uh what was the other one? Oh, and you've got uh doubts which are enemies that slow you down they kind of hold you back and stop you from uh attacking other enemies and stuff so it's you know it's all these really cool little ideas that they've put in that kind of expand on you know the first game's relatively basic combat and platforming um and kind of push that you know towards uh a, a deeper narrative i guess um but yeah it was i think there's maybe like four other brain levels i played um but Compton's cook-off was definitely the highlight for me just because of how absurd it was. Um, yeah. So, all right, because Psychonauts is obviously a big big title mm. for you, one of your favourite games. Mm. How, in the 15 years that's... Are you saying it's, it's been 15 years? You just, yeah, the first game came out in 2005. Okay. So, uh, in terms of gameplay-wise... Mm. Like it's it's obviously you know gameplay um, trends and stuff have obviously changed a lot. How I, I would say this is a smoother take on what they've done previously. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's interesting uh, because I feel like the original game was very much ahead of its time in terms of three D platforming. Um, like Raz, the main character, his backstory is that you know, even though he's psychic, he comes from a, a family of performing acrobats, like a circus. So his kind of thing is that he's an acrobat. So he's always had like swinging and wall jumping and all that kind of stuff that you expect from a, mo- a modern 3D platformer. So he's so basically it's, Nathan Drake. Yeah, basically Nathan Drake. Um, Nathan Drake, the famous circus performer turned psychic. <laughs> um, turned serial killer. <laughs> but yeah, so... <laughs> It definitely like yeah, it plays a lot better, um, but the core sort of skill set, um, the core sort of move set that you get hasn't changed too much. And again, because it is literally like hours apart from the end of the first game, you know, you start with the, all your all the same moves and all the same uh, psychic abilities and stuff that you had previously. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it's uh, a hell of a lot prettier than than the original um the original always had kind of like a a very distinct and unique art style that holds up pretty well so if you are going to play it like i think you'll you'll still have a good time with it in that aspect um but you know they're they're kind of 
got the backing of Microsoft now and they've invested a lot into their their art pipeline and the way that they, you know, talking to Lissette, who's the art director, um, they're utilizing a lot of the technology in Unreal 4 and they have like a really, really good core strong art team. Um, so it's it's interesting looking at it because there's every level, almost every level has a different aesthetic um, and they, they tie a lot of very, very disparate visual elements together into like the one the one whole so it's it's cool the way it comes together um because it's all i guess if you look back at its influences it goes you know back to like 90s cartoon network and tim burton which you know in turn goes back to like german expressionism and stuff so it's it's got a lot of history of different artistic you know bases it's very cool so i've got a couple questions for you and yeah. one thing so um it's like, in fact adam listening to the xbox sorry no, uh, the phil spencer game cast with kind of funny he, he does mention quite a bit um about psychonauts and um he sort of says how he's glad that they can kind of give uh double fine like the backing and and support that you know that will really help them you know bring their visions sort of to life and I actually read Kieran's articles before I'd heard that. Um, but then hearing that secondary, uh, like a lot of that stuff that you've written, Kieran, like kind of makes sense. Mm. Um, it just sort of sounds like that Microsoft have kind of let them, not like with a blank check, but go off and like mm. do their own thing because they, you know, they know that this is going to be um, a worthy investment kind of thing. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, yeah I, I feel like. Xbox probably more than uh, probably any other big like platformers. They they have that aura of being invested like in the community and you know well being and stuff like that. So this is a good game for them to have on their on their uh, platform. Yeah, I definitely like. I, yeah, I think if you read the the interview, they mention very briefly about working with um, Starberries originally. Um, yes. and how you know being on game pass is taking the pressure off of having to pitch them stuff and and try mm. to secure funding because you know they're they're rolled into xbox game studios so the funding is there and you know game pass is there so they have more creative leeway they don't have to go into a meeting and say well we want to do this you know we want to mm. make this level where you pick up a pig out of a studio audience and put it on a chopping block that's also a sentient pig and make it chop another pig and please give us more money to do that. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. they can kind of, their audience is secured. So, yeah. you know, they can do what they want. I think as far as exposure goes, just to the the kind of general audience, I don't think there could be a better spot than with Xbox as well, especially with Game Pass. Cause yeah. you can like, at the moment you read all of these articles, the, the great ones like your own Kieran and you, you hear about this endlessly creative game that maybe you hadn't heard of before and you think, geez, maybe I should play the original. And without Game Pass, that would be difficult. You'd have to, you know, find yourself a, a physical copy and you might not have the the console to go with it. So it's a whole ordeal. But with Game Pass, you can just jump on, play the original. And if you like it, then the, the second one's going to be out, you know, within a, a short few weeks. So I think especially for games as creative as Psychonauts, I think Game Pass is a is a good home for it, for sure. Mm. Uh, it's definitely worth going, if you've got time, 
maybe if you, Kieran, um, and everyone else would be listening to that Phil Spencer episode of um, Psychonauts, oh, Psychonauts, of Kind of Funny Gamescast, because um, he does talk about uh, game history preservation quite a bit, and mm. I, I really do like that, um, what he sort of says about that. And I, and I know that, you know, I often say fuck Phil and stuff uh, on here, and, you know, maybe some of his business decisions I don't quite agree with, but I do think he's a he's a pretty good dude. And I think generally he, he does have... Um, consumer first kind of thing but um, yeah definitely worth a listen but the questions I got for you first one and this is uh, something that I read online so quick answer someone has mentioned or, or it's been written somewhere that Psychonauts is in a way uh, Xbox's version of Ratchet and Clank or their answer to Ratchet and Clank might be a better way to phrase that how would you like? What would you, if you're a PlayStation a primary PlayStation player, and you hear you you hear that this Psychonauts two games coming out, it's has similarities to to Ratchet and Clank. Do you think there's a, a crossover there? And would fans of that uh, series like Psychonauts? Uh, in some ways, there's crossover in that. Like, obviously, if you have an affinity for uh, very, I guess, lighthearted and fantastical games and platformers. You know, you want something that's not just generic shooter or generic action game. Um, I guess there's something there. Um, I don't think it's the kind of game that would make someone who's heavily invested in PlayStation go out and buy an Xbox just because it's a similar genre. Um, but I do think that uh, it definitely complements the xbox library and i think you know it helps it being on xbox because there isn't really a premier platformer on that platform um even though psychonauts is coming to the playstation you know it's it's very much you know an xbox game at this stage um mm. so I, I guess if you look at if you look at it from that perspective like if you like platformers you've got playstation you've got ratchet and clank nintendo you've got mario and xbox and now you know you've got psychonauts so in that way i think I guess there's a bit of a crossover, but um, they're pretty different, I guess. Cool. All right. Uh, now, 30 seconds for this next question. Max, tell me why. Pitch pitch Psychonauts to everybody. Tell me, tell, tell us why you love them. The whole the series. I love Psychonauts, and I think that you should play it because it is something that will appeal to people of any age uh you know when you're talking about obviously the conversation around accessibility it's you know again it will appeal to people of a range of different abilities um and it says a lot about the human condition in a way that's very uh easy to understand and easy to grasp and accessible nice and it's weird as fuck yeah yeah and so, hilarious. See, that's what yeah so because i didn't really like you've mentioned it over the years that I've uh, known you, but I've never really looked at it. Like I've seen the cover art and stuff, but but looking at, like reading your your coverage on Psychonauts too, I've kind of gone, this looks this looks fucking cool. Like this like looks knowing like- knowing your taste specifically in like late eighties, early nineties cartoons, yep. like this is your mm-hmm. game. Okay, yeah, I'm definitely gonna give it a raz. 
Aha. Hey. Hey. I can't believe I didn't use that in anything. I know. What and that f- one wasn't even intentional. <laughs> I'll just give you that one uh, for free. No, I, I would I would just say that normally. Like I would go give it a raz. I didn't realize until I'd sort of said it. I was like, oh, that's fucking, that's a good give one. Give it a red anyway, hot raz. That's moving that's on. That's me, he's 10. Uh, so you can check out uh, all of Karen's content there. Actually, just another quick, just again, very, very short answer. Tim Schafer, what was it like meeting your one of your idols? I could listen to him talk all day. He is, uh, he was very kind. He was very cool. Um, we had like a, a weird scheduling conflict where, uh, I, I don't think he realized that he was meant to be at that place at that time, which was funny. He graciously offered to stay a bit longer and stuff as well, but, um, it was awesome. It was good talking to him. I, uh, felt intimidated, but, uh, in a nice way. Intimidated. He's a, he's a very, um, <laughs> haha. He's a very, very, very creative and very intelligent man. So there's a lot to there's a lot to gain from talking to him. Nice. All right, let's move on. Adam, can you talk about your thing? Can I talk about my thing? Can you? Can you talk about your thing? I'm just looking at the embargo. Yes, you can. Oh, as far as yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So um, just give us a quick, uh, quick, quick talk about that. Yes. So. As of recording this morning, I had a chance to sit down and have a look at the new Battlefield mode, the yet-to-be-announced one. I say yet-to-be-announced, but if you're listening to this, then it's probably old news to you, but it is Battlefield Portal. So that'll be part of Battlefield 2042. Um, it's it's massive. It, it really is huge. So the, the crux of it is six maps from previous Battlefield games being Battlefield 1942, Battlefield Bad Company 2 and Battlefield 3 will be a part of this mode. Um, The twist is that anyone, any user can go in and just completely fuck around with them to a really alarming degree. So you can change player cap right up to 128 to meet what 2042 is doing. Um, you can select certain weapons, you can select certain loadouts, uh, you can mess around with health regen, you can you can completely retool to pretty well create your own game mode and play style. It's more or less, uh, I don't know, like a, a mode editor like or like a builder Angel. of sorts. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can't really mess around with the maps no, so much, but you can... Yeah, exactly. But you can pretty well change and alter everything else. And you can mix and match between all four games. So you can have, say, the weapons from 1942 in a map from Battlefield 3, but you can have the vehicles from Bad Company. Fuck off. So you can, yeah, you can chop and change. It's like they kind of, they kept calling it like a, a, a playground or just like a play set. And it very well feels like that. It feels like, you know how you're a kid and you get a bunch of toys and they're all just in a fucking chest. It doesn't matter if they're Ninja Turtles, Star Wars figures, they're all just in, in one big box. It feels like you're just dumping them all out on the floor and you're just having a fucking great old time with it. Or a Cairo. Um, yes, exactly. Which everyone should own. Um <laughs> It's genuinely, so I didn't really know what to expect going into to the event. Uh, they kept saying that it was a love letter to fans, which is kind of a, a catch-all yeah. term. But genuinely, it 
actually feels like that. Like it is massive. And they, they said quite a few times during the event that it is going to be community driven. So the feedback that they get from the community will drive what they do next. Um, I had a chat to one of the devs afterwards, uh, Rob Donovan, who was a lovely dude. And he more or less said to me that they can pull the trigger on uh, doing any map they they feel like they need to. And if the community is kind of going to, to one particular kind of map or they're, they're saying that they'd really like something added in, that's what they're going to focus on. This is Ripple Effect as well. This is previous previously Dice, Dice LA that are working on this. Um, and yeah, all of these maps will be retooled and upscaled. So they're all going to be 4K running at 60 FPS. And yeah, it's... It's an incredible addition that I'm really, really keen for. And I was I was waiting to talk to you about it, Nathan, because I knew that you'd also be real keen for it. Yeah, I've got a couple of questions which you may not be able to answer, but I'm sure you've thought about. So one of them obviously being is... Fire eye. You say addition. Is this a separate product or is this coming with 2142? All coming with 2042. What? So they, yeah, they made sure to... It's bonkers. They made sure to drill into us that it wasn't a separate purchase. Um, and that they will host all of the servers, all of these, whatever you, uh, create, they all get uploaded as well. So it's all community based. So I'm, I'm the least creative person when it comes to this, like as far as, um, little big planet, like I couldn't create shit and I was seeing all of, all of these people make cool things. So it's all community based. So someone else can duck in there and make this ridiculous game mode that is a hell of a lot of fun and you can just jump into it with a bunch of mates and it also means that you can just do private matchmaking and you can throw in a shitload of bots because bots will also be supported in it so you can create this ridiculous game mode so you only have one mate that's online that wants to play it you can populate it with 126 other bots and just go ham holy shit this sounds like yeah, it's, it has the staying power um, of a battlefield that will hopefully last as long as four did because four is still clocking good numbers this day. Yep. Oh my goodness. I can't even wrap my head around that. It, it has the potential to do a lot of really, really cool things. And all of the devs that were uh, doing the Q and a afterwards seemed really, really excited by it. And they were all very passionate. So it's really, it was yeah, very, very cool to see. Operation Metro. No, I did ask about that though. Um, oh, and boy. I was given a a solid maybe. So it'll be interesting to see with the more indoor centric maps what they would Just do. Absolutely um, love it. But the G three the G three six C from Battlefield three will be in the in this mode. So that's all I care about. I'm happy. I'm a happy oh, man. My. All right, I got a question for you. Far um, away. How does it work? So. Uh, that question I mean is, let's say Battlefield 2042 is out, you've made a map, how does everybody play that map? So, you know, people in Argentina who want to play your map, how do they find it? So from what I'm aware of, it's as easy as kind of like a a server browser. Um, They're also going to be highlighting specific maps. So they're going to be in a, a, on a rotation, they'll be highlighting certain community favorites so whether they're they didn't go too much into it because they're still working out um the the bits and pieces uh but they said yeah there'll be some sort of like feature or they can see what's popular and what's being played so that's kind of how you'll find the top ones and then if there are specific ones you can they can be shared to you 
So if a friend, like I'm, I'm guessing the, the battlefield Reddit is a bit, just going to go absolutely off its tits when this comes out. Um, so you can clock something on there, go awesome. That looks like fun and jump straight on it. Nice. Very, yeah. very cool. Um, looks fantastic. It is across both platform, uh, all platforms as well. I should mention it'll be on PS4 and Xbox one, but it'll just have a 64 player cap. Um, just like the, the rest of the game modes in the game. Nice one. Shouts to uh, EA there for that hookup with that event uh, and to Xbox for the Psychonauts 2 one. All right, let's go into the news. And while we're on the topic of Battlefield, Crossplay, as it's now known. Um, what about it, you ask? That's a very good question. Let me find it and I'll give you the answer. So Battlefield 2042 uh, will feature crossplay, um, but it's not as um, straightforward as you might think. So the crossplay feature will allow PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC players to play with one another um, and against one another, while PS4 and Xbox One users will have their own uh, crossplay um, system in place. Uh, I would say that's based on um, the previous gen limited to 64 players and new gen uh, at the 128 cap there. Um, good thing, I would assume. Everyone thinks this is a good thing? Yep, absolutely. I think it's a, a great thing. I was only um, the other week talking to a, a friend of mine who wanted to play Battlefield 4 because, like Nathan said, the, the community is still there for it. And I was like, yep, sounds great. Uh, logged on stupidly and then realized that he is an Xbox player and I am a PlayStation player. So we, we couldn't jump on together. So that was unfortunate. And yeah, it's just a good, a good move in the right direction where a lot of, a lot of multiplayer games are kind of heading in, in that direction as well. So it's good to see Battlefield following suit. Nice one. Uh, so it means that all four of us can play together. Because um, so. I assume Nathan will be the only one on the Master Race. Mm, I'm contemplating a new console around Should the time that comes out. We'll see. Do you have a real tight rig? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How's your PC? <laughs> that was, ah! that, that, that's what I was going <laughs> for. Oh, fucking love it. Okay. Um, speaking of crossplay, Netflix is looking into moving into games so they'll be having a uh, a movie and game library uh this report came from bloomberg of course mr jason schreier uh loves it well i assume it's from him it might not be from nah, him, not so. not not the man himself not but i'm sure himself. he Just i'm sure him. he also heard um but yeah netflix is preparing to move into Gaming, uh, the report claims that the company's recent hiring of former EA and Oculus executive Mike Verdu is the... I'm pretty sure he was just a mobile dude, by the way. Uh, is the beginning of their venture into producing video games with Verdu set to act as the vice president of game development. Uh, quote here from Bloomberg says, the idea is to offer video games on Netflix streaming platform within the next year. Uh, what do we think of this? They should put where the snow settles on there. Ooh. Bang. Just quickly to add to that, um, there is no um, inf information at the at the moment that point towards Netflix um, hiking the price up uh, if they do include games. So 
uh, although the price might go up just, you know, naturally, um, they won't be uh, jacking it up uh, when games come to it. So that's kind of good, I guess. Mm. You know, it always confused um, me that the marketing was games, or at least the news I saw was games that's coming to this, because don't they have, like, Telltale's Minecraft on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah, they've they've dabbled in a few things before and they've lent the licensing to from like um Stranger Things for a game to be made. So it's not like they're and the um what was it? Uh, uh Bandersnatch? Bandersnatch was yeah. that the Yeah. So they've they've dipped their toes in before, but this seems to be something a little more substantial, I think. I wanna uh I wanna throw something to you. Throw away. Could is it possible that PlayStation and Netflix team up? Well, that's the so, that's the rumor, right? Yeah this Bullshit. this did this did the rounds. Don't you fucking don't you pull a, a Netflix? I swear, uh, I swear, I've never heard that. A Reddit reader? Yeah, no. So someone did some digging around oh, and really? found um, files of Ghost of Tsushima images um, oh, no, I've, as I've, part. Of, as part of this i mean it's maybe i don't know it could be it could also just be that they're using that as placeholder imaging to give an idea to as to what it will look like but yeah i don't know it i i will put it in the not likely basket but who knows sony are pretty are pretty happy with netflix they i feel like they only signed a deal not that long ago because all of their like the the spider-man and venom and whatnot popped up on there so I think they're they're friendly, but I don't know if they're that friendly. Well, how, um, Kieran, you go while I think of this question. I was going to say, like, I actually haven't read into that report, the Bloomberg report, but does it does it strictly just say that they're getting in, they're going to offer games on the service, or does it say that they're developing, like, they've actually got, obviously, they've got this this guy like heading up the development side of things, but. Like, are they making games? I think the it was implied, but no, they don't really state one way or the other. Because it'd be, yeah, it'd be interesting yeah. if, I mean, I mean, I guess it doesn't really make, make too much difference, but it'd be interesting if, you know, because Sony doesn't have a, a big competitor to xCloud and Game Pass other than PlayStation Now, which is very limited. Um, it'd be interesting if they were leveraging Netflix's you know, throughput to put their catalog into a streaming service. Um, and then, you know, have obviously Netflix supplement it with their own content as well. Um, interest, it'd be interesting to see something like that happen. So, you know, yeah, well, if so, you've got a Netflix subscription, you've got a PlayStation kind of thing. Well, that's, yeah. Well, so that's, well, that, that, like, that was my thinking is that, you know, um, you have this massive pool of subscriptions already, like, if you just team up together, you don't have to do any of that that groundwork, sort of. Um, it's already in, in place and you just say that if you want to play or utilise Netflix gaming service or whatever, you've got to do it on PlayStation kind of thing. Yeah. But like yeah. even if they just offered, you know, what they have as their PC library for first-party Sony games and say Ghost of Tsushima was coming to that, um, you know, there could mm. be something there. 
I think that would solve the logistical question of if it was to go ahead, what would it look like tangibly? Mm. Like, could you just use any Bluetooth controller? Are you strictly streaming it? Do you have to download it? Will that be, you know, what will the go be there? So, yeah, I think that would that would definitely answer that question. Just have a PlayStation and have a Netflix subscription and then you're off with the races. Good races too. Love that. All right. Um, speaking of PlayStation, uh, Phil Spencer did mention, I think, I don't know, I have actually read your article, Adam, but I assume that um, article is talking about the Gamecast? Yes. Yeah, yep. Cool. Absolutely yeah. it is. Yeah. So on the on the Phil Spencer Gamecast, uh, on the fucking kind of funny Gamecast, uh, Phil Spencer mentioned that um, he was asked basically, will Xbox be... Or do they have anything sort of in the works to compete with like VR and stuff like that? And, and Phil Spencer's answer basically was that they're looking more at the uh, accessory side of things. And he just mentioned that PlayStation has done uh, some good things with the um, the DualSense controller. So they might look at sort of at, at that basically, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much all he, he kind of said there. So maybe, uh, yeah, maybe Xbox will tap into that haptic feedback. Good. Should. All right. We've got uh, a bloody buffet of delays, mate. Uh, first one is Resident Evil Reverse, uh, which is that comic book style. Um, sh- six, six, Just six cancel it. Shooter, basically. Um, what's the point? Like it, it was meant to launch, launch alongside Village in, uh, in May. Would have been a cool little thing to have with Village. Um, but I feel like by the time, so this has actually been delayed uh, from July 2021 to just 2022 now. Uh, it had a pretty stinky beta. I believe there were lots of matchmaking issues and then I think they had three of them. I'm not sure if all three of them were, if any of them were any good. But yeah, I feel like a lot of the heat from villages, you know, might have worn off and pretty much every single multiplayer game that, Capcom has tried to make with the RE name on it has sucked. Um, so. Do you think you could maybe revitalize this if it launched alongside some big meaty story DLC for Village? Because I'm okay. guessing they, obviously they wanted it to to come out with Village. That was the, the whole plan. Mm. So if you still want to have that connection to it i suppose because they've already said they're working on dlc it'll be Mm. a ways off and it'll be later in 2022 but i feel like if you're gonna have any chance of bringing excitement back to reverse maybe releasing it around the same time as something i mean it would it would make make sense but but they are two completely different um experiences like they're not similar yeah but i mean um and they're they're associated they're adjacent and i feel like if you can build excitement for one it might leak over to the other yeah so but the thing with that is that if if you're telling me that i have the option to play reverse launch day or new village dlc i can tell you i'm not playing reverse um so perhaps they might be cannibalizing um their own game there perhaps um with that anyway uh, the game looks like it's pretty avo, so whatever. Yeah, but it, nothing it, to cannibalize. It's just bones, mate. It's still going to be a free update from what I can tell um, for village owners there. So if you own a village, you've, uh, you're have you sorted. Uh, Riders Republic has been 
delayed to October 28. It was initially meant to come out September 2, I think, from memory, if I remember that correctly when I wrote that. I was correct. Um, but they have yeah moved that launch uh, just another six weeks or so. Uh, Ubisoft put out a statement saying that we can't wait for you all to hit the, the Republic in our upcoming beta. This will be the first time you get to go hands-on in this massive multiplayer playground. And we are looking forward to hearing what you think. To ensure we can deliver the best game for all players, we've made the tough decision to delay our release date from September 2 to October 28. This will give us more time to fine-tune the experience and give you another chance to jump in before launch and provide feedback. Bummer. I know you were pretty devo, Adam. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's it's not a massive delay, so... I think I'll be fine and there's there's plenty to keep me busy between now and then but mm. yeah I'll just be happy if when it launches it launches in a half decent state with what they're trying to do with a whole bunch of people on screen at once I, I do worry that it might be a bit choppy about mm. specifically on launch so if they if they need time to iron that out then sure go ahead cool uh probably the biggest one of the three uh, I would say is that Rainbow Six Extraction, which was formerly uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine, has been delayed even further, delayed once again uh, until January 2022. It was meant to come out, uh, I think, September 28. Again, can't remember. I'm just remembering. No, I'm wrong. So September 16, sorry. Um, but that's been pushed to, yeah, January 2022. Um, surprising. I didn't think that this game has been a bit, was a, uh, fairly silent for a while after it got announced. Uh, I then got a delay and then got like a rebrand. And then I thought, you know, this is it. You know, it's going to hit this date. Um, but no, another delay. And they've, um, the statement on this one is that our ambition with uh, Rainbow Six Extraction is to deliver a, fully, a full-fledged AAA experience that changes the way you play and think about cooperative games. With unique features like missing in action or the sprawl, every mission is set to be a tense and challenging experience in which you'll lead the elite operators Rainbow Six in a fight against a lethal and evolving alien threat. We're embracing the opportunity to take additional time to bring this vision to life in the way that it deserves in January 2022. We are confident this will ensure the Rainbow Six Extraction is the immersive, cooperative and thrilling experience we set out to create and the one that you aspire to play. Um, I'm a bit bummed, but not overly bummed. Um, yeah. Anyone got any feels on this? I'm very happy that they've delayed it because I would rather they be honest about it needing some more time after Rainbow Six Siege kind of launched in a bit of a shitty state. Like that was effectively a beta for a while. Like they kind of had to relaunch it with their new direction of like diverse new characters because on launch it was just a very stock standard muddy shooter. All the characters were masked. There was no personality in that and they had to inject that in afterwards. I feel like if they can get it right on launch, it's going to save a lot of problems. It's going to keep that initial launch community fostered. I, I'm very optimistic. I want it to succeed, so I'm happy for it to take a delay. I wonder how much of it is affected by COVID. Surely a lot. And just that, and just that working from home. It just because just on the surface, it just seems like the game almost. Not, I don't don't want to say it seems doomed, but it's had a full rebrand. Yeah. You know. They've put another date on it, and they've then they've delayed it again. Yeah. So it, it's just got that. It's got flop written all over it. I hope not. Um, and you can never really quantify the impact so of I, COVID. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
But the other thing is, is they never really, you know, they don't really mention that either. So, yeah, that is true. But um, anyway, mm. moving on. So uh, we'll skip that one for a sec. Uh, so New Skate won't be at EA Play, but there was a trailer teased uh, this morning. I have not watched it. Can anybody give me some info on that? The, the, yeah, there's not heaps to watch. So EA just kind of came out and said, temper your expectations. We're not getting skate at EA Play, but we've got a little something for you tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow was t- today, just to be confusing. Uh, it's just a little behind-the-scenes, tongue-in-cheek video about them saying, yep, it's taking forever. We're getting to it. Give us a break. Uh, and then there's just they have a, a sizzle reel of reactions of influencers and skaters that have seen the game and showing their reactions of them being all excited about it. It's a it's a pretty fun little minute-and-a-half video, but it just, yeah, just keeps people keen, keeps it in the, in the, in the minds of people. So... Nothing too exciting, but it's a fun little one to watch. Uh, they also, EA, that is, sorry, um, announced Season 10 of, sorry, of Apex Legends. Yep. I kind of read that without saying it. Give it to they me, absolutely Adam. did. Um, they uploaded a stories from the Outlands trailer, which are always these super stylized uh, animated shorts. This one was particularly great because it was done by, I can't remember his name, Richard Valley, I think. He's an animator that did a few different shorts for Love, Death and Robots. Uh, my favorite being Zima Blue, which is for my money, the, the best animated short that they did. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. Uh, so yes, the series season 10, which is titled Emergence, will be up on August 3rd. You have a new character, which is Sia who looks like kind of a, a hacker type artist. So he uses micro drones. That'll be his kind of his primary, I would say his offensive. And then he's, he's similar to Loba, how she can see, uh, see through loot crates and stuff. He seems to have some sort of passive ability that lets him see certain secrets throughout the map as well. Uh, World's Edge is getting a redesign. We're getting a new LMG uh, and ranked is coming ranked is coming to arenas, which is exciting for those who played that as well. So it looks like a whole bunch of cool content. We'll know more at EA Play, which you know about now anyway. Shoutouts. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise is giving away Palamutes. No, sorry. Monster Hunter Rise are gifting players a special Palamute um, named Wang Wanoga. Uh, and it's available as free add-on content. Uh, it'll be available on Friday. So as of today, when you are listening, uh, very cool. Uh, speaking of Ubisoft, actually, we should have mentioned this before. Uh, they actually announced a free-to-play arena shooter in the Tom Clancy universe called X Defiant. Uh, today being the, the Tuesday. Uh, what do we all think of this? It kind of, uh, like, I fucking hate them because it's not Splinter Cell. Also, it just looks generic as fuck. Um, like, I don't know. I don't know like what like, what to tell you. Didn't they learn from hyper, hyper? What was it called hyperscape? Hyperscape. Hyperscape. Really yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Like, is that game even still a thing? Or is that like? I, um, I hear very little about it, so I'd say that, it's probably. What's that game that that was like, Overwatch? And was popular for like two minutes and then died. 
Ooh, the famous developer yeah. guy. Uh, he did like Twist. No, not, not David Jaff. He did like um, the other guy. Are you thinking of Lawbreakers or whatever it was by Blazinski? Lawbreakers. That, that, that's the one, yeah. Is that what it was? Oh, Cliffy B. Lawbreakers? Yep. Um, Rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah, that shit the bed, didn't it? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, Defiant, yeah, X-Defiant looks fine. Dumb um, fucking name too, I'm sorry, but that's a fucking shit name. It's dreadful. It's a shocking name. Um, and even worse is they've circled the XD on the fucking artwork. Oh, Very I thought it was just defined. That makes happy. it worse. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, that's your rebrand. Bum with a capital B. I can't wait to can't wait to play the game and get to shoot people and uh, pilot my rufflecopter. <laughs> if you didn't <laughs> tell me that it was what it is, I would have assumed <laughs> it was a new iteration of COD. Is that bad? Um, yeah. Nah, it, it it looks very much like COD slash any other kind of hero shooter because they have the, the kind of... Oh. Like, <laughs> I've played the Division 2 recent enough that some of the grenades and that they're throwing around, I can see where they're coming from and that's kind of cool, but I don't know... It's good for a grenade. It's not a compelling enough argument to make me want to play it yet. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like, nothing... Even free-to-play, it's like... It still costs storage space, and to me, that's too much. <laughs> that's a fair call. Um, Jesus, rough. So I don't know. Like, if people play it, I'm, I might give it a rose. But there's nothing that I've shown. And like the other thing, and I think it was big old uh, Grixie from Press Start mentioned it, and it's a good thing that he called out is that, um, you know, like didn't they learn from from Hyperscape that, like the best way to get to make these games really impactful is to have them ready to oh, go like like when you announce them. Yeah, so that, yeah, so so that so that people can actually play it now, because because basically you've just announced it. They said it's still early in development. By the time, well, yeah, they they said it's early in development, but a play test is yeah, coming within the next like two weeks. It's dumb. very it's it's weird. They yeah, the information available is is very odd at the moment. It's, and and uh, I've seen a bit of discourse around this, but what does the Tom Clancy name? mean anymore there is a very very mm. good article i will try and find it because i think pretty much all of you probably should find it interesting it is a very interesting read about how that name is did you know that tom clancy sold his name oh is that right to ubisoft oh, he sold his name to sense. ubisoft so he actually he could use his name for novels but i think anything game related he wasn't allowed to, he didn't own his name love that um, that's the dream right there but yeah, there's a very, very cool article. Zach I think Jackson's it's like PC Ghost Warrior. PC games. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh my God. Amazing segue. Thank you for that. <laughs> I got an email just, just before from my, my, uh, my team at Sniper. I mean, at CR games, my team. My oh my <laughs> God. My that just at, happened. My mates at CR games. There is, oh wait, no, that's the trailer. Don't want that. Um, Press release. No, don't have that. Okay. Anyway, there's a new map coming. Oh, yeah, there's a press release. I'll quickly read a couple of lines from this if it loads. It's called Butcher's Banquet. Um, it's a free update. It's not a DLC, so you don't have to go and download anything. It's purely just an update to the game. Um, it's a new desert region, complete with side objectives and multiple targets that must be eliminated. Um, so, here, I get this, and this is the first line in the, uh, in the presser. Modern Warfare Shooter. Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts 2. Um, there you go. So, yeah, it's coming this week, I think. 
maybe that's when the embargo ends. Whatever, it's, it's coming. It's, it's coming at some stage. Yeah, no, I think it's out now. I think the thing is coming now. I thought anyway, they were going to attribute uh, your, your name to it in some fashion. That's it. Mate, that, that 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 game name is already fucking long enough. True. And I do I do like to butcher things, so maybe there's a bit of bit of similarity there. Um. Quick other news: Steam Deck has been announced. We didn't, didn't mention it before. Um, what does everyone think about this? It's cool tech. I think it's interesting. It's definitely not for me though. Cool. Would take it for a spin on Love the dunny. That's it, mate. <laughs> well, mate, have you seen Ash Whaling? He does his best work on the dunny, mate. Yeah, Probably. he loves it. Absolutely Ooh. loves it. Um, switches it right up. Hey. Uh, Tencent is buying Sumo Digital for US 1.27 billion schmackos right there. Um, big dollars. It's um, a lot of Tencent, money. Tencent love fucking buying into video game companies. They, they are, like, they're obsessed with it. They love it. It's um, a lot of money though. It is. Insomniac sold for like less than 300 mil. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. And what's... I like I love Sonic Racing, but like, what else has Sumo really done? Well, this is <laughs> I'm just reading through the article here on Rooters. Um, <laughs> that hurts me. As it di- takes on a different did context in our accent, doesn't it? Did they have something to do with <laughs> Crackdown? Or yeah, they cracked, yeah, they did Crackdown. I think yeah, they did yeah. Crackdown on making video games. <laughs> um, oy, oy. But, they, but they also did uh, Hood Horrors. Um, Oh, Outlaws yeah, and right. Legends. So the little Robin Hood game that we played recently. They also did Sackboy. Are you gonna say Hood Horrors and Legends? Yep. Was that I was gonna like, say that. Yep. I'd play that. Like, um, both. Hood I'd versus a, Robin Hood versus, uh, versus Cthulhu. Oh, what a Ooh. versus Edgar Allan. Oh, that's um, but there you yeah. go. So they bought hey, them. Hey, hey. Shout outs to Tencent for that. Um, off topics. Anyone got anything to add before we wrap it up? I started watching Peaky Blinders and it's really fucking good. My God, my man. Now we're finally, we, we have something in common to talk about. I've only watched, I think the first three episodes, but fuck me. What a, what a show. Every bit of dialogue is interesting or engaging. It's just, yeah, it's proper excellent. And I and want everyone to dress from that era from now on. See? I'd now like you know that why, fashion to come back. Now you know why I get my hair cut like I do. Looking yeah, fuck earth. Um, Dapper lads. Killian Murphy is an absolute boss in that film. He's um, amazing, isn't he? TV show. Hmm. Yeah. He's he's, he's just got a ridiculous presence to him in like every scene he's in. He's, and beautiful, yeah, he's beautiful brilliant. eyelashes and lips. We've discovered something about you today. I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to give man credit where it's Good. due. Good lad. I'll have to pay attention. I'll get back to you next week. I'll please, have to I'll, I'll pay close attention. Um, all right. Anyone else got anything they want to share? I watched Fear Street Part 1. Yeah, I've, I've clocked the trilogy. What did you think? I don't know. Maybe I wasn't in the right mood for it, but kind of bummed. Okay. I seem to be, be the one that likes it out of everyone I talk to. I, I really liked its little snapshot of the uh, 90s culture. I, I thought, yeah, I've, I think maybe it was a little bit too long. I think that might might have been... Be too long. It's part one you know, of a three-part film. <laughs> no, but I think like as a as an individual 
um, film, you mm. know, just, yeah. Um, you know, things are either too long or they're too short. They're just not quite right, eh? Speaking of things that um, are just the perfect right, length. No, I won't go there another time. I actually had a film <laughs> in mind, but I can't talk about it because it's naughty. Um, but is it, is it a Brazzers film? No, no, no. It's... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, has anyone seen like the Harley Quinn animated series? Yeah, yes. how fucking good's that, right? Yeah. It's so, brilliant. have you seen on Absolutely Disney Plus Marvel's Modok? I yeah, that's I haven't ducked into it yet. It's been something that I'm yeah tossing up whether I, I would watch say it that's or not. very much Marvel's answer to it. It's loose. It's off the hook. It's got the production team of Robot Chicken, which I used to love as a teenager. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I can't, every week I watch it, I'm like, fuck, I should mention that on the podcast. Cause I'm hoping that there's someone out there enjoying it as much as me, but every week absolutely love it. And very eager for the next season of Harley Quinn whilst we say, that. yeah. Nice. Uh, I'm watching the Maya still, the Polish show. And that's, it's kind of getting good. It's getting good. Love. I just passed. Love a bit of subtitles. Um, I just passed 500 episodes on one piece. So I think I've. Clocked a hundred since we last oh, spoke. Nice. <laughs> Jesus, how okay? How long is an episode of? It one gets piece? to a point deep in some of the arcs where once you cut out the intro, the what happened previously, the outro, and the preview, there can be less than twelve minutes of episode. Oh right, okay. So that's so that quite short. Yeah, once you cut out all this shit, you, like it can get as bad as ten minutes an episode. So you end up knocking a few off pretty quick. Right. Don't let that be discounting the fact that the man has watched 500 of them. Like, that is a yeah, since feat, Easter. even if they are 10 <laughs> minutes long. Jesus. It's, it's pretty much the oh only thing I've been Lord. watching in my spare time. Fucking hell. No, I don't wow. typically watch anime. Yeah, yo, indeed. Huge effort. Kieran, you got anything for us? Uh, nope. All right, I've got one question before we wrap it up for you, though. So we've sat here. You're in your beautiful pizza logoed Woody. How's it, it feel? Very it's fantastic. I'm fantastic. Entirely naked underneath. Good. So I'm I'm feeling this like this wool effect directly yeah. on my bare skin. Um the uh pizza is pepperoni yeah. and uh I don't know, I guess it's got like some chives or something on it as well. Little yep. little green dudes there. So some basil or something. So it's not not you know not a bad time nice. at all, but it's nice and toasty. Yeah, I haven't okay. uh, I haven't got the heater on and it's um I'm sitting pretty. Hell Good. yeah, it's a big endorsement. That's it, love one, Lo- love one, love it. Sorry, uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Well Played DLC podcast. If you want to check out all of Kieran's Psychonauts two content, Adam's Battlefield twenty forty two content, other things we might have talked about. I think Ash has got a. Review for Death Store going up in Ooh. half an hour. Um, if Can't wait for that. Uh, otherwise, it'll be up by the time you listen to this. If he's on Check the shitty, he'll make it. Go to www.well-play.com.au and we shall see you next week for episode 99. Goodbye. Oh, yes. Looking see forward up. to it. Ciao. Bye.